royals and ghouls. Lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, this is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! Hey, it's the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number seven. Spiritualism's on the chopping block for this one. A horror thriller with the go-go beat. Live on stage from Hollywood. From Toronto, Canada, we conjure up mind-reading duo The Sentimentalists, who will freak you out as we unlock the secrets of ghost magic and clairvoyance. Also from Canada, out of Vancouver, all throughout the episode, you'll hear music from our featured composer, Humans, the band formed by filmmaker, writer, and artist Peter Rick. He directed an incredible new movie called Dead Shack, described as Night of the Living Dead meets The Goonies, available to stream on Shutter right now. Clips from the amazing electronic soundtrack available now on Lakeshore Records will be woven in throughout your experience. That said, let's get into it, shall we? You're hacking your way through another episode of The Boo Crew. episode in light of discussing seances, ghost magic, and mind reading with the sentimentalists coming up in a bit, we are highlighting movies that have a spiritualism twist to them. What did everybody pick? My film has uh, been described as kind of a mix of different genres. It's like horror, supernatural, psychological thriller. It was booed at the Cannes Film Festival uh, in 2017. What? But has an 80% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. The film is called Personal Shopper and it was by acclaimed director Director Olivier Ah uh, Say Yes, and is featured Christian Stewart. My twin brother died here. It's been 95 days. We made this oath. Whoever died first would send the other a sign. From the afterlife. Have you guys heard about it? I've, I've never heard, about, heard it. about it. I've, I've heard, heard about it, about but it. I have not yet seen it. Yeah, the trailer is amazing. Yes. The trailer is like, wow. So when I saw it, and I also really am... You know, like Kristen Stewart, her choices um, that she makes are really interesting. And then the trailer got me and I was like, oh, my gosh. And it's a ghost story. The film follows Maureen, which is Kristen Stewart's character, who is a young American living in Paris. She works as a personal shopper for a celebrity model actress. And she's there mainly because her twin brother passed away and her twin brother is a medium. And Kristen Stewart's character Maureen is also a medium. And before he passed away of a congenital heart defect, which they both have, they've made a pact to each other where they said that if one died before the other, that they would come back and give a sign showing that they made it to the other side. It's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So basically she's waiting. She's waiting for the sign. So that's what she's doing in Paris while also kind of doing this personal shopping on the side. And so ultimately the film has a lot of different issues. It deals with grief mainly, with loss, with identity. She does a great performance of it. But ultimately I feel like the film is also like an art house film. So it's very art house, very mood oriented. I enjoyed it, but I don't necessarily maybe not recommend it for everybody. But at the same time, it had some great moments. It starts off, the intro starts off with a great horror scene. It's shot like a horror movie. It has, I mean, it's a ghost story. And there's some great 
just suspenseful moments they have they build into it now when you say art house movie the first thing that enters my mind is that like a slow burner subtle you know open to a lot of interpretation right right, right. that kind of thing it does have that i guess when i saw the trailer it had a little bit different vibe to it but i still i thought i was gonna get a slightly different movie so when i watched the actual movie it has a different pace to it and it's a little bit more, I think, a little bit more heady and a little bit more mood-oriented. Sure. It wasn't wide-released. I think it made a million dollars, but it wasn't, like, widely released. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I want to <laughs> check it. I recommend it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. What is your take on Kristen Stewart's acting in the movie? Oh, I thought, you know what? She was cast really well for that. She kind of had, like, one foot in the supernatural world and one foot in like reality she has this kind of like awkwardness yeah and also like but also just confidence at the same time they kind of they kind of collide but also kind of make her really dynamic to watch but yeah. i have to say real quick too because in, in relation to what we are talking about our theme the director actually was inspired by spirit photography when he made this film which is a big part of what spiritualism is and during that time period and so a lot of his ghost characters are kind of based off of those photographs. Right. And spirit photography, who, if someone doesn't know about it, trick photography that people would use kind of ghostly images and superimpose them over top of just normal portraits. Is that kind of basically that in a nutshell? Yeah, it's around the, it's a Victorian era, like 1800s, around the time when spiritualism was, was a big deal. Superimposing, maybe the beginning of superimposing? Probably, yeah, because yeah. everyone hadn't seen anything like it before, yeah. Yeah, so using that where, you know, one person's sitting in a chair and someone's standing over them, but they're sort of translucent, so it feels like they're a ghostly image. I think a lot of the ghostly images that we associate as ghosts are from that Victorian spiritualism time period. Sure. We actually saw something that we've both been meaning to see for a long time, but I think we stayed away from it. The fact that it's a prequel to a movie that was kind of okay. So yeah. we were like, ah, maybe this is not going to be, you know, worth, worth checking out, but oh my gosh, was it ever good. And we're talking about 2016's Ouija Origin of Evil. Oh, oh Have, Have you guys seen anyone it? seen it? No. Wow. It was really good. Like, so I'm, I'm I'm the, the original is just Ouija. Original is Ouija put out in 2014, directed by Styles White. That was the only movie Styles ever directed. He's right. um, usually works for Stan Winston effects. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's like an effects supervisor. Wow. And he writes a lot of stuff. And this movie he wrote and directed Ouija, the first one for Blumhouse and um, Universal and Hasbro. Hasbro is actually oh, a, part, right. a part of the... I guess that makes right. sense. This, yeah. Which is kind of crazy to me because the Ouija board is not exactly cast in the best light in these movies, right? And people <laughs> no. are running out. But that's part of why they did it, to build the brands of their board games right, right. to sell more board games as kids are playing with mobile apps and video games and things like that. Monopoly's being made into a movie. Adam Sandler has a rights to Candyland. And... <laughs> oh, um, it's true. It's interesting. And then Ouija, they're trying to franchise into an, a successful movie series. Wow. So their first run at it was 2014's Ouija. And Lauren and I were both kind of like, well, how did Ouija get a, a sequel or a prequel? Not a lot of people that we know saw it. And if they did see it, they didn't really like it. It was yeah. kind of, you know, it's like, a, it's okay, right? Yeah, like a, that's, that's okay. A CW-esque teen horror movie. That movie was made for five million bucks. Had horrible reviews. 
but it made like a hundred million dollars. Wow. Wow. So that's why they got a prequel in this case instead of a sequel. Hmm. Interesting. And the prequel was uh, made by Mike Flanagan. Hey, one of my favorites, man. Yeah, he made a movie on Netflix called Hush. Hush, that's right. One of my favorites. Also Oculus. He did Oculus. Yes. And he's working on The Haunting of Hill House, a series coming out on Netflix. It's a series? Later on this year. Yeah, it's an actual actual series. Honestly... I'm not just, for me, one of the scarier movies I have ever seen. Yeah, I was scared. I could barely watch it. Like, my hands were covering my eyes most of the time. When things are really scary, I take down my glasses because then they're a little blurry. (laughs) It's not as scary. Then what if you put them back on and they're there? I know. Then it's like, ah, it's so scary. So is it because it's creatures or ghosts? Are there things or is it suspense? Is it like a, how would... This is the horror. There's very disturbing images that stick with yes. you. But the cool thing that this guy did is he really threw it back to the films that he grew up on. Mm. So he even went so far as using and getting permission to use the original Universal Studios logo to start the movie. And then the first thing you see is one of these elaborate title cards that they would use in the 60s and 70s. Oh. Another effect he used that Lauren and I really kind of noticed subconsciously and then finally oh, yeah we talked about it like what's what? going on yeah, i think our dvds busted something's off right possessed. something's weird <laughs> in the corner every so often a cigarette burn in the film they did it on purpose to recreate the uh, cigarette burns of changing the reels oh, interesting <laughs> and it kind of made me feel uncomfortable it, it does it made you feel uncomfortable without really knowing why and exactly. then exactly like almost when the movie was done wait i've seen that before it's been going on the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> These cigarette burns. Huh. Is it like every 20 minutes? I mean, that's maybe, what it is. Maybe it, about that. It was very frequent. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what they did. That's the, you know, they're for the projectionist to know to change the reels in the theater. Right. So yeah. it's every, and the reels are about 20 minutes long. So what? it's every 20 minutes. That's exactly what yeah. they so did. So it's really funny for a modern movie. Yeah. That was, I'm sure, all digital. He went so far as to film it all with antique lenses. Oh, wow. And again, I did not expect this from the prequel to Ouija, right? And I think a lot of people who saw this didn't because the reviews for this one, everyone kind of says the same thing, you know? They were really taken aback and surprised. Yeah, people love this movie. Oh, yeah. It's really, really good. One other thing that I love that he did was he used silence. Mm. And one of the major things that I give today's crop of horror movies shit for is loud slams announcing scares. Right. It could be a cat jumps into the scene and boom! And everyone, everyone gets up. You can't help it in a movie theater. When that hits up, you're scared no matter what. They scare you with the sound. This was scary in, in terms of you'd see stuff. A lot of eerie and the most creepy, scary stuff was actually happening off in the background. Where if you weren't watching... And looking in the background, you would miss it because he wouldn't put a score to announce the scare. Oh, nice. So you would just see someone in the background moving their face weird or some sort of image, uh, uh, you know, slipping by a doorway. Slow and subtle. But, oh, my God, is it effective. Like, oh, wow. so effective. Yeah, there, what is the thing that you call the Ouija thing? A that, <laughs> yes. So there's one part. I love that you know that. Of course you Don't know that. Don't ask. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, there's one scene and the girl is holding that up and you can see there's like a hole, you know, to see 
oh, if right. it's yes or no. And it's like, it's a slow move and you just know, like, you're going to see something. And that is the kind of stuff that scares me because I'm like, oh my gosh, don't look, don't look. What is she going to see? Oh my gosh. And like, I just start freaking out before and right. then like it's silence and then you're like, oh shit. That's what scares me. And how much scarier is it? when they don't have a giant yes. orchestra hit when right. something pops up. How yeah. much scarier is it? That's been lost. Yeah. And this movie brought it back. Yep. It nailed everything on the head and just the power of disturbing imagery. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this. They show the image a lot of the little girl with her mouth opening super wide and her eyes turning white and that kind of stuff right. happens a lot in the film and it is very unsettling. Yeah, it's like if one... one frame the person will look normal and then like you pan back and it's like oh that is not normal right or, or someone's, someone's looking normal in the background and you look behind and the, one of the f- faces is behind them all white and stretched but there's no score or anything to accent it and there's no focus on that on that thing right uh-huh. so you have that Michael Myers sort of creeping behind the, the hedge effect that Halloween did so well those right. those things that scared us yeah I loved all the actors like the guy from E.T. yeah uh, what's his name um, Henry Thomas. Thomas. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, he plays a priest. And they actually, in one of the scenes... Yeah, it's like an homage to The Exorcist. Yeah, an homage to the poster of The Exorcist. Exorcist. They do oh, like an, nice. an actual tribute to oh, that. that's cool. Yeah. Lynn Shay oh, plays yeah. an after-credit cameo in this movie oh. that threw a lot of people off because she does appear in Ouija. A lot of people hadn't seen Ouija, so everybody was thinking that this was actually a prequel to the Insidious franchise. Oh, yeah. A see, lot of I people thought yeah, that. Yeah, even I was like, wait, huh. is this connected to Insidious? Because we haven't seen all of them. And I'm like, wait, I'm so confused right now. The house is in Highland Park here in L.A. Oh, wow. The interior of the house is all from the Lights Out house, which is in the same na- neighborhood of L.A. too, the Highland Park area. The mirror from the movie Oculus plays a cameo. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's fun. So do you need That's to see... The first movie to understand nope. this at all? No, I can't even really remember the first movie. Yeah, I went so. back and saw yeah. like there was you know some nods that you know you'd appreciate if you did see the first movie and go okay well I mean the last credit scene for instance really brings brings forth the next movie right so, so basically yeah it only the, makes sense if you see the first movie the 2014 version about like five kids who find a Ouija board at the house after a friend passes away and they try and bring her back and they bring something back that might not be their friend <gasps> right well this one is set in the same house. How did whatever is in the house get in the house kind of thing. Interesting. Right. We're basically set to the 60s. A big rise in popularity of the Ouija board occurred during the Vietnam War and Parker Brothers had just bought the rights to the Ouija board at that point. Interesting. So Ouija board at that point was outselling Monopoly. And the biggest board games of all time is the only time in history when that's actually happened. So they're a family. It's a mother and her two daughters who run a seance business out of their house, like a fortune teller seance kind of thing. And then, you know, they discover the Ouija board, you know, in a pile of board games. And they bring that into their practice and their business. Go see Ouija Origin of Evil. It is so good. Well, I guess you can't go see it. Go to Netflix. Get it. it. Get it. Get Get that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my pick is a very mainstream pick. It shares uh, something with these movies, Jaws, The Silence of the Lambs, and The Exorcist. Can you guess what they have in common? For its time, for its time, we're talking 1999, it was nominated for Best Picture. I'm going to give you a hint. Listen very carefully. 
Always eat dead people. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Matrix. <laughs> 1999 M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense. Yes. <laughs> you have a secret, but you don't want to tell me. I see dead people walking around like regular people. I don't see anything. Are you sure they're there? A movie I've never seen. You never oh. seen, and it got spoiled by Andy Richter on an episode of Conan O'Brien. <laughs> he will never, <laughs> never forget that. Yeah, this down. movie is so great, man. Like to me, I think it's always going to be a classic. I just watched this again recently. To me, it still holds up. I mean, even though knowing the ending, the twist, and everything—that's you know? what I want to know. Can I watch it knowing that the twist has been completely spoiled for me? Yes, and enjoy it. Yes, because th- there's some really interesting scenes. I mean, this is very spoilery for you because <laughs> you know, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's scenes where Bruce Willis's character, Bruce Willis, plays a child psychologist. He befriends uh, Haley Joel Osment, who I guess is supposed to be like nine in the movie. And uh, he's, you know, he lives with the single mom, played by Tony Collette. The genius about this movie is you can watch it again, and again, and again, and you're going to catch more and more things that you did not catch the first time. I caught something this, this time, and I've seen the movie so many times, I caught one thing, and it has to do with the color red. The color red pops up in this movie throughout, and it can pretty much be a sign of when you see the color red, you've got a mix of both our world and the ghost world or the spirit world should you say because that's when you see things pop up this young kid he can see that he can see dead people so he's seeing these people that have been murdered or killed in accidents and stuff and it drives him nuts it just gives him like nightmares he can't sleep he he's so like just haunted by these images of people that keep popping up and is you know sleep and you know walking around daytime at school everywhere these are people that were hung you know 200 years ago you see all these elements and you see you know this poor boy is so haunted and he's so tormented and the acting is superb i mean Haley joel osmond was great in that role as was his, his mom tony collette but the cool thing is every time you see the color red it's like something is going on and sometimes it's not as obvious so if you watch it again and again and again you start seeing things for example the one scene that like caught that you know i was caught off guard that i did not catch many times over was the tape recorder scene he was back and listens to tapes and stuff you know as he's turning up the volume the color on the volume wheel that shows you know the numbers you know zero one two three it's like it starts off white and as it goes to like five six seven you start to see the color red and when it gets to 10 because he turned it up all the way it's completely red so you're like huh and that's when he starts to hear the voices you know the, the, from the spirits that are recorded on the tape so it's like it's pretty cool. There's a lot of subtle things in this movie that you can watch over and over, and you're still gonna pick up new things about it. I and I totally agree. I think I mean Trevor, if you know the twist, it doesn't change anything. It's still a great film. Yep. It's almost like if you know the twist, you're you're watching it for the second time in that way that you watch movies like this over and over because it is so jam packed with story. The movie's not about the twist ending. Like his later movies. Austin? My film actually dovetails off of Leo's perfectly, I think. It's another film that has a twist ending. Came out in 2001, premiered at the Venice Film Festival. It's a Spanish film, English language, starring Nicole Kidman. Oh, yes. The Others. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah, that's, that's great, a good one. 
and a good one. others. So this is a film I didn't see at the time. I missed it somehow, and I attribute to missing it that after the phenomenal success of, of The Sixth Sense, every movie had a twist. Yep. So there's this rash of twist movies. <laughs> so that, that, you know, I heard this one had a twist. I just, it, for whatever reason, I just dismissed it and I didn't see it. I feel like if this movie had come out before The Sixth Sense, people would be talking about this movie in the same way because of the twist that it has at the end that changes everything. Right. Now, I knew the twist going in. It had been spoiled uh, by... Uh, Andy Richter. Oh, no, it wasn't Andy <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, that would be great. Famous spoiler, Andy Richter. Um, I don't know, like just, you know, you just pick up the story, yeah. you know, someone spoiled it, but it, you know, it came out in 2001 and so, you know, you can't really expect, but I, but still knowing the twist, I was watching it. That's why I think what, you know, watching Sixth Sense, knowing the twist is still going to work because it's so good. And this movie was so well done. It was, it was beautifully shot. It, it has a slow burn story. It has a, a, a gothic ghost story element to it. And you're never really sure. So even though I knew the twist, I was trying to figure it out the whole time. There's a moment where I'm like, oh, oh, that's like I misunderstood. Oh, that's the twist. And then the real twist happens and it fucking oh, blew wow. my oh, mind. Oh, that's great. Yes, yeah. that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, trying to remember, yeah. did it take place in a castle? Or? It's a giant house. Yeah. Uh, it takes place on the Canary Islands right after World War II. Yes. But it was shot in different parts of Spain, uh, in Madrid and and, uh, and somewhere else. It's a Spanish film. The, the film it was written, directed, and uh, scored by Alejandro uh, Amenabar. Uh, the score is beautiful. Yeah. And I guess he scores all of his movies. It's actually the first English language film to win a Goya. The Goyas are the uh, the Spanish Oscars, basically. Right. This has all of these wonderful storytelling elements that keep you on the edge of your seat all the way through. It's everything I wanted Winchester to be. If Winchester was half the movie this was, it would have fucking been amazing. Just saying. Um, <laughs> Everybody's looking at me. Seventy-two <laughs> percent. No, ninety-eight. Seventy-two. Oh my gosh! So it takes place in 1945. We might see the exterior of the house first, and it's kind of quiet, and then it's the smash cut into Nicole Kidman screaming. She's in bed screaming, like she just had a horrible nightmare or something. Right. We're unsettled a little bit, but the story starts when the. These three people walk up to the house. It seems like they're pitching themselves or starting work or looking for work. They ring the bell and Nicole Kidman opens the door, welcomes them in. Um, and it turns out she has recently placed an ad for help because all of her servants recently vanished. They just vanished. They didn't say goodbye. They didn't send a note. And she's just pulling her hair out. So she has two young kids and she just starts telling them what they're doing. Oh, and you're the guard. Yes, I'm the I'm the gardener. But we know there's something off because the way the help is talking to each other, it feels like there's something up. They seem to have an ulterior motive. Right. And we just get sucked into the story. She's super religious. She teaches the kids all these different religious beliefs. And the kids don't buy it. They say, well, that doesn't make sense. They're not following the logic of a rigid Christian education and she will not hear of any other thing so she teaches them about you know the four different hells and uh you know they all have rosaries and it's this whole idea that you know she believes very rigidly in something they are finding holes in that belief system so it keeps getting worse and worse the you know these different things there's there's one really clever jump scare which i'd never seen before which i really liked which was there's one point where they think there's someone in the house so everyone's going around opening all the curtains (laughs) 
And there's a moment where she's in a darkened room. She moves her head and we see a face behind her in the shadows. Yeah. And it's really spooky. But like you were saying before about, about Ouija, that doesn't have that musical jump scare. Right. right. Yeah. It's just sort of subtly there. And then she, and then she pulls it, she steps out of frame and it's like a rack focus to that face. And we're like, oh my God, this is it. Yeah. This is, is going to be the reveal of the ghost. And she pulls back the, uh, the curtain and when the sun comes in, it's just a painting. And she's just <laughs> like in this junk room yeah. and it's a painting. Right, right. I saw it in the theater. That scene made me jump when I saw that, man. It's so, it it's so, so creepy. Yeah. And then not long after that, she hears noises upstairs and she runs upstairs and goes into this room and just has this like mental freak out because she thinks there's people here because it can't be ghosts so it has to be people and it's a room with a bunch of furniture and mannequins covered in dust cloths and she hears voices she hears a conversation happening so she thinks there's people under the dust cloth. So she's just pulling all the dust cloths off and, and just like really freaking out and that was a really scary that was a scary scene too when she leaves she hears the people leaving. So she runs out and she doesn't see anybody. And the daughter's standing at the top of the stairs. And she says, where did the people go? Well, one went in there and one went in there and one went downstairs. Like matter of factly. She sees all these people. She has a drawing at one point that is a whole family. And it's, you know, a very crude child's drawing. It's a mother and a father and the boy, Victor, that she keeps talking about. And an old woman. And there's numbers next to She goes, how many, what do the numbers mean? She says, well, the numbers are... That's how many times I've seen them. And I've seen this scary old woman the most. It continues building. It's a very slow burn. The whole movie is about belief to me. That was my big takeaway. It's about what we choose to believe and what we deny. Even if it's in our face, we deny, you know, we, we hold so strongly to our beliefs that we deny any possibility of anything else to happen. I'm hesitating in going any further and ruining the sure. twist. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember the it's twist a, now. Yeah. A good twist, man. It's so yeah. good because there's a pre-twist and then the real twist is just, it, it really blew me away. Even though I knew, and that was the thing is as I was watching it, knowing ultimately the twist, I kept trying to figure it out along the way. And because the film is so well done, kept me super engaged. I was really into the story and both trying to figure it out and then forgetting the twist and just getting into the scene, scene by scene. And uh, yeah, it's a movie I've been meaning to watch for a really long time. And I'm really glad that I finally saw it. And the, and the way it ties in, you know, because the spiritualism thing, you know, that was what we were trying to go for, right? It was, was the idea that, I mean, spiritualism is belief and wanting to believe in yeah. something. Right. And this idea that, that's the other thing why I thought this this ended up tying in. Because I didn't know that it was going to be this, this, you know, more layered thing about belief. But the idea that people want to believe you know and whatever it is that they want to believe and the, and the spiritualist movement came from this idea that people wanted to believe that they could communicate with the dead what happened they made contact you've reached the boo crew the spirit you've tried to contact is not in service please blow out the candles and try your seance again thank you Go ahead, screen. That's all we need. Another victim.
Rectum crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining us in the Speakeasy studio with the Boo Crew from Toronto, Canada. They have made countless radio, satellite, and network television appearances like NBC and the Travel Channel. They've played sold-out shows all across North America, including right here at LA's world-famous Magic Castle, of which they are members. Multiple horror convention and haunt appearances and events. They are the world's leading mind readers, and they do it with a deliciously eerie flair. Ghost and seance magic, looking like the son of the Bride of Frankenstein and the spirit of a 1930s Hollywood starlet. A journey into the paranormal with Mysterion and Steffi K. We are absolutely thrilled to welcome the Sentimentalists. Yay! Yay! delight for us to be here. Thank you so much for having us. We're going to keep coming back. We love that. (laughs) Wow. So for the uninitiated, what is mentalism and ghost magic? It's fun. (laughs) You got that right. Actually, uh, mentalism in in the most simple form of explaining magic. Magic is like sleight of hand or illusions and mentalism is like sleight of mind. And I think Mysterion could probably explain ghost magic much better than I could because it is his... Tell a child there's something under the bed and watch how uh, how much heat you're going to get. And, you know what I mean? It's easy to do that. You can scare a kid with, with relative ease. So the psychology of a haunt is what I'm a master of creating this world where the supernatural is real. And it could be as simple as giving someone a certain look when, you know, we talk about ghosts and did you not know your house is actually... Uh, haunted you know and and that in itself can can lay the foundation for some incredible effects you know you were mentioning um the books outside and i thought one of them was going to fly off the shelf with spirit magic subtlety in my opinion is always the most effective manner if you were to have a table fly across the room there's a trick but if you're talking about a presence in a room and if it was legitimate and we were all sitting around a haunted house and all of a sudden just that happened and i just pushed a pad of paper like a half an inch that would scare the shit out of everybody (laughs) and so that's where i've sort of looked at magic and going well how can we how can we take this and strip it down to a bare basic psychology and uh and then steffi and i figured out a way to do it that's that's amazing awesome now what you do and your aesthetic invokes in me the kind of same emotional response that i got from 1930s horror films and victorian spiritualism and my childhood growing up in Canada I used to watch Hilarious House of Frightenstein which we are friends with Mitch Markovic yeah. actually the creator of yeah. Hilarious House of Frightenstein he just came to our show last week and we gave him a shout out from the uh, at the Mod Club in Toronto that's and, amazing and I've dined with him and, and, and I'm not allowed to say much but let's just say Hilarious ca- House of Frightenstein is not the doors dead. are not shut wow let's just say that oh my god that show is seriously that's such awesome. a part of let's just growing up the doors are me. not shut that's wow. all I Wow! Did you guys? News, did you guys grow up? News. Did you guys grow up watching that show? Oh come on! Of course, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> I fell into it a couple of years ago, but oh. I love it. Yeah, it's such so a like, cool discovery, uh, even now, right? Yeah, it's unbelievable oh that, gosh. like, when you look back, that they were doing that then, and Vincent Price, absolutely doing the segments and things. It was I mean, just we genius. do morning shows in Hamilton in the same room where they filmed that no show, way. and on Halloween.
Halloween, Mitch was at CHCH, and we didn't know he would be there. Fancy that being mentalists. And, uh, <laughs> and us being friends with him. And we had a little chat, and he showed me by looking at the room. He said, well, that's where Griselda's kitchen was, and that's where, you know, the Wolfman had his studio. And yeah. This is where Dr. Pet Vet did his bit. And we're looking at, uh, what was it called? The 700 Club or the Huntley Street or something? Uh. Whatever the religious show <laughs> yeah, yeah. they have now is yeah. where the Frightenstein Castle is. No it's, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Is any of the cast of that show still Just alive? Him. Everyone is gone except that's him. That's unbelievable. Everybody is gone. And the reels are gone. The tapes are gone. The only tapes that exist are what people have recorded off of television mm-hmm. and a few that were saved and they would record over them at CHCH. It was a, a low-budget children's show. Oh, man. Oh. Now, would you say that horror and shows like Hilarious House of Frightenstein were an influence on you in your formative years growing up that led you down to the path you're on now? I just like scaring the shit out of my little cousins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really what it boils down to. What about you, Steffi? Well, actually, I find more of my inspiration actually comes from 1930s films. Nice, yeah. And uh, and one from the 1970s, and it's my absolute favorite, and it's with Vincent Price. It's uh, The Abominable Dr. Fibes. Oh, great. Oh, I yeah. love that one with Vilnavia, and yep. I thought, you know, even though it's supposed to be a comedy, I found, and like a dark comedy, of course, but it, uh, it's so romantic, like really, really. I always look past humor. I just always see the romance with it. And the advertising for it, actually, it came out around the same time that that movie Love Story did, which is based on the book. Do you remember Love Story? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that book and film was so heavily advertised, and it was like a joke. Everyone was just sick of seeing it everywhere. <laughs> and I think it is the quote for it, and forgive me if I'm wrong, it's, love never says I'm sorry. And for Dr. Fibes, it is, love never says you're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually did all of their branding based on Love Stories branding. Oh, wow. So it was entirely such such a joke, but it's just so interesting to see, you know, and that movie is set in the, I believe, the ni- late 1920s. Yeah, right. And so just that that's so fascinating to me to see the throwback to that in the 70s and just to have such a eloquent performer such as Vincent Price himself as yeah. the lead. Steffi, what about that era feels like home to you? Oh, that's a great story. Um, I never met my grandmother and she and I share the same name. Most people are named after their grandparents or yes. maybe their middle name or something. Right. right? All right. Whatever. We look alike. Eh, right. Family. Eh. Right. Um, I don't look like anyone else in my family. Both my parents very, very tall. Anyways, my grandmother and I, same height, same looks, and my mother, blonde hair, blue eyes, and my grandmother, dark hair, dark eyes, like me. Just little things that would come up growing up. You know, I have nothing against Frank Sinatra. I, I, I do like Frank. There's just something about him that gives me the oogies. I don't know what it is. And he's wonderful. He really is. And I probably was a wonderful person, too. But just something I don't like. And I really love Bobby Darren. Like, I love Bobby Darren. And I remember going through my mother's records that were her mother's records and I go Bobby more Bobby 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 and I'm like this is great and she's like what do you think what do you think of Frank and Dean I'm like well Dean's alright I don't know but Frank gives me the oogies and she looked at me like you're nuts like what is going on (laughs) same thing my grandmother also had the same connotations towards them the biggest one the big kicker was uh, oh and also I fit into all of her dresses which is another thing too right and they're all from the 30s that was her when she was about my age that was her decade the, the big kicker uh, my mother collects antique books 
And I felt compelled to take this book off the shelf one day. And this was when I was about 15 or 16. So I pluck a book off the shelf. I open it up. Oh my God, I've drawn in my mother's antique book. I drew in her book. She's gonna kill me. So I'm looking through and I'm like, when did I do this? Why would I do this? Because I will not write in books with ink. I just can't do it. I've never signed a yearbook. I've never, I, I can't do it. I then noticed there's a picture of a man drawn inside. And that is when I knew it wasn't my art because I don't draw men. Yeah, so you I, do. Men flock to you all the time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> listen to this guy. And, uh, I believe him. Draw men. I believe him. I'm walking through the gay village. You should see what happens. Oh, no. <laughs> so I I immediately realized that it's not my We're art. We're keeping that, by the way. We're keeping that. You're allowed. It's, it's quite good. It's quite good. And uh, I realized it's not my art. So I approached my mother. She says, yes, this was actually your grandmother's book. And they were very poor. So they didn't have much. And especially during wartime. So there's all these pictures drawn. And her drawings are so similar to mine. It's uncanny. I couldn't tell the difference between her art and my art. I've looked at it and it's the case. They're, it's the exact same style. Maybe it's just genetically like I'm drawn to that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's something more. I'm a girl of science, so I like to think it's genetics. But it, there's just so many unanswerable isms. Coincidences. Yeah. Coincidences. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, it feels, you feel compelled and drawn to it. Yeah, I love it. Makes me happy. So how did you guys meet? She called an escort agency. <laughs> <laughs> he always answers before I get to answer, and I would never say that. You're trouble. <laughs> All right, you redeemed in your coupon. It was free. It was, and the coupon was a coin. Yeah, exactly. Because it hasn't really been all that long, right? That no. you guys have two no. and a half years, but we've known each other for three and a half years. I was doing a solo show for a long time, and going over quite well, and and working two, three hundred shows a year. I ended up hosting a variety night in a talent contest in which Steffi was part of this and she was up on stage doing speed drawing and I was just absolutely fascinated by her look her her talent and I ended up talking to her after the show and, and tell them what you thought when you saw me on stage <laughs> <laughs> I used to run burlesque shows and I thought well hey I can make a few bucks off of her <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah needless to say um, that one only recently uh, uh, came up recently I, yeah. I asked him I was like so what did you think and he's like oh, I can make a lot of money off of her right. like, now he can okay. be honest well, after all great. the years of being friends right <laughs> and um, we ended up connecting and you know her love of vintage and antiques and my love of collecting and antiques and this sort of thing we started to go out to flea markets and this sort of thing and connect and as in he needed a ride because he didn't have a driver's license <laughs> right still don't have one neither did Di Vernon and, uh, and and anyway uh, to make the long story short Steffi was very observant and very... I figured out his tricks. Yeah, basically. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And I said, you know what? We're going to work on a, an act. And uh, we came up with an act. And I called in a few favors. And before you know it, we had a little show going. And what started with a, probably a 10-minute show became a 15-minute show and a little bit more refined, little few media appearances. And within the year, we were both at the castle performing. And uh, now we have a TV show we're working on out of New York. And... Uh, 
uh, we already had a TV show in Canada called Something Strange on Bell 5 Television. And we have just uh, acquired one of the best managers in the States for this type of thing. And uh, Mommy and Daddy are very proud. <laughs> Mommy and Daddy yes. are proud. Yes. <laughs> Mommy and Daddy are proud. And that's what we're at. That's where we're at. And, and you know, we're doing a little tour. We're doing, we're, we're, we're on Viva Las Vegas. We're doing that in Vegas a couple months from now and get to perform with Jerry Lee Lewis. And yeah, lots of cool stuff on the go. Yeah. Well, I was curious about spiritualism in general, because my understanding is that the history of the seance was very um it was is parlor tricks of course and then it became this spiritualism became this huge fad oh the fox sisters did that right right you know yeah i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that if you're not familiar with it in a nutshell the fox sisters working out of um i believe it was out of uh pennsylvania uh new york state area were were sisters who uh would manifest spirits in their home and in your home and the spirits would communicate by rapping and uh making taps on tables and walls and this sort of thing and it wasn't actually anything supernatural uh, it was, what would you call an, it? An arthritic toe of one of the sisters cracking and mimicking the noise of that of knocking <laughs> on wood. Quite the toe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they basically fooled the nation and, and you know. So much so, uh, later on in their lives when they were near, near the end, they had confessed to their practices of what they were doing and it was so convincing that no one actually believed them when they had said, well, people did believe them, but the, a lot of people said absolutely Absolutely not. There's no way you could fake that. Because there's a want of absolutely, and also remembering things differently, and that's the glorious part of magic is that it's not always remembered exactly as it happened. So many times we see people come up to us and they'll go, you know, the magician he had two cups, and under one cup it was a red ball, and under the other cup there was nothing, and then you know he just lifted up the other cup, and the other ball was there with the cup that was empty. Now the ball was there, and it's like there's things that you're not remembering that happened in between that that had. It mm-hmm. go to that spot. You're just remembering one, two, mm-hmm. right. right? Yeah, psychics do that. Yes, right. Like they'll they'll ask you a question, or they'll ask you something, and you'll inadvertently answer something else, or give a hint to something else, and then afterwards they'll be like, "Oh yeah, like you, and you have." animals at home um i think you have a you have a cat is that right and you're like oh my gosh and you know little do you know that when you were taking off your coat you were complaining about the cat hair on your jacket yeah. exactly it, it, it's a clever scam it's a fantastic i'm not gonna debate that listen there's a lot of people out there that I'm are gonna listen to this and hear me uh say a statement like that and think that i am agreeing with the fact that they're doing this i absolutely don't but i definitely have to give the devil his due when i say that there are some methods out there that are just so freaking awesome like yeah. like for example like we've never met prior to tonight correct and uh, let me ask you a question sure. if i was to just jot this down no, what do you no, think i don't think that no? <laughs> okay. uh, name name a relative not someone who's it's gonna upset you but name a relative or a, or a colleague or someone you know who's passed to the other no side one sensitive. Nothing sensitive. no one's sensitive okay yeah. uh, say the name out loud ben who's ben uh, childhood friend. Yeah. See, that's interesting because what name did I have written on the paper? That's imp- no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, there's, wow. no, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> nobody, nobody in this room knows Ben. No, I know. I've never heard you mention Ben ever. Yeah. What? 
You see? I'm not even joking. Now, if I told you, if I told you Ben is actually manifested himself right here behind, he's a small child, isn't he? He's very small. In fact, he was the smallest of all the children that were in the hood. Is that correct? I mean, he had dark hair, thin face. Am I describing him correctly? Yes. I can see him now. And he was young when he passed. Um, I would say he was younger than 10. Am I correct in that assumption? In and around 10 years old, something like that? Yes. And uh, and, and he didn't die in, in, in the California area. It was another state, wasn't it? Correct. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. I need you to close your eyes. Okay. And as your eyes are closed, I'm, just, I'm not trying to kiss you. I'm just talking into your microphone, okay? Because I need you to hear what I'm saying and the people out there hear it as well. Um, I want you to imagine Ben and I want you to help me with this experiment. Where did you just feel that? Show me where you felt that a second ago. Okay. Back here. Can you show me where you felt that? My back. Show, show me. You felt somebody touching your back? Yes. And show me where, please. And he's touching his back. Is that correct? He's yes. showing... Yeah. And, and, yeah, yeah. And, and what am I actually doing? <laughs> Open your eyes. Am I touching him? No. no. Who no. am I touching? <laughs> Steffi. Thank you, Leo. It's time for me to leave. <laughs> Right Dude, are you serious? You felt that? Leo, you yes, felt someone yes, touch? Yes, yes, Seriously, he was I not near go. you. He was not near you. I gotta go. And, and Leo, tonight at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're gonna wake up, and Ben is gonna be on the end of the bed. Okay. No, no. No. So, so could you imagine, wow. here you have a... An individual whose husband has gone off to war and died, and then you have psychics doing something like that and making you believe that they're here and they're communicating, and now give me another $100. Right. Right. I would give you the money. Sure That's amazing, would. right? It's incredible. <laughs> so it seems like a, it's like a Pandora's uh, box. Wow. Or like a, like a virus of the mind that just That's spreads. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, that want. If one person, exp- if the, you, yeah. one person hears about that, everyone's going to want to experience that's it. right and it's so is that sort of the evolution of, of what you guys do today in a way not the scam part but <laughs> well it definitely is a scam i'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, but we're we're not we're not using the the methods and we're not using the methods that they used either a lot of the things that we're doing we've created our own versions of or our own methods entirely for concepts that didn't exist for what we do and we can do anything that's what we really and that sounds quite vague but it is because anything could happen right you could choose anything and we need to be able to work around that sure the possibilities are endless you guys got to perform at the art gallery um of ontario for the guillermo del toro exhibit oh, that's correct? right that yeah fabulous. that's awesome it was really great that's awesome. <laughs> it was really great and did you guys get to go through that exhibit absolutely so bo- i mean mysterion yes. for anyone who doesn't know he's got a collection that rivals guillermo del toro's as wow. far as like he's got a cabinet of curiosity he lives in a oh, cabinet wow. of curiosities yeah. basically i do what started you collecting i collected toys Good i question. always collected toys i own a really extensive toy collection beautiful pieces going back to the to the 30s i have the first superhero uh, action figure of superman 1939 ideal wow beautiful museum piece i own uh all complete runs of every toy line you can imagine you know, my love of the macabre and the interest in things like circus sideshow freaks mm-hmm. and this type of thing. You know, one of the first pieces I got was a two-headed bird, a little duck. And it just got a lot of attention. It was just a fun piece. Toronto has albino squirrels. <laughs> and yeah. I needed one of those. 
<laughs> now, how many do I have? Recently, I actually, one passed away, and it was uh, oh, posted about story. online on a Toronto forum on Facebook called Buns Trading Post. And we've actually <laughs> performed for them. It's it's quite fun. It's anyways. So someone had said, you know, uh, one of the white squirrels died. Uh, we don't know what to do with it. Uh, I think we're gonna bury it, and it's just kind of like they letting have a picture of the thing on the road going. Yeah. Eh, so <laughs> so they buried it, and he sourced some of the people who were there when they were burying it, and they were like, hours like, later. Yeah, and he dug it up. He went oh, out yeah. with a shovel, <laughs> looking for the spot, dug it up, brought it home, <laughs> put it in the freezer, and I don't know what you did with it after that. But there, now there's uh, two squirrels in the car. What else? Yeah, I have a little car, and there's two driving it. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it fitted with a like it's a Barbie car, but I'm gonna get it fitted with a motor so I can ride it around Trinity Bellwoods. <laughs> you know. What would you say would be the prize part of your collection? My favorite is, I mean, and it really depends on the the, the day. Oh, yeah, because there's so many different types of parts of the Curiosities collection, sure. right? There's, like, there's human pieces, there's animal pieces, there's oddity pieces that are, like, just weird things that would have, that have no purpose now, except for to make us drop our jaws. <laughs> and uh, then there's also, like... Torture devices, torture, true crime. And, true, yes, yes. So, I mean, if it's true crime, I have an original Gacy Pogo. I have checks out of Gacy's checkbook that that he was writing to the kids that he was giving them money f- to do odd jobs. Um, oh. I have um, an Albert, an original Albert Fish newspaper, which you never find from Brooklyn. So, which one out of those three is it? I would probably go with the with the Gacy painting, the original. Wow. It's a Pogo. A Pogo. Uh, wow. If it was to go with uh, the area of oddities, um, it would probably be the Atacama Mummy, which is a about a nine inch tall. Humanoid. Un- yeah, humanoid a specimen. Oh. It's an unknown specimen. I'm going to get a picture of it right now. And I believe it is 90 or 89 or 91 percent human DNA. And then the, there's another like 10-ish. So they actually had it like tested? That are, well, yeah, they've tested, they've the, tested other the other ones. Wow. Um, yeah. And there's only three known to exist, but the 10 percent that they don't, is, is unknown. Oh, right. So wow. that's kind of. Wow. wow. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've wow. licked it. No. Yeah, <laughs> I have not. So, it's a really nice piece. Over in Burbank, not too far from here, is the CIA. Have you ever been there? They have like a mummified dead clown, right? Yeah, they have a dead mummified clown. That was the is CIA place. Second here, is this the clown that's in the. Is this a tattoo shop or am I. No, it's not a tattoo shop. It's actually like a nightclub, and it's called the CIA. That's Wars. right. They have yeah. that clown corpse. Like That's Society been... of Abnormal Arts or something like that. I forget oh, the name right. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wrote it down on my phone, and we're going to go to Yeah, yeah. it's on Burbank Boulevard. It's right by the famous clown liquor store. Yeah, circus. Oh, circus that was yeah. 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 Clueless. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. so yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a nightclub, and they have a corpse on display. Under glass, yeah. Of a, of of, a clown. Of a dead clown, yeah. Wearing his makeup still. Yeah. How cool is that? The whole place is, it, you would love it because it's the Perfect whole place is themed around. Party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all themed around, you know, circus sideshows, basically. Even this, yeah. there's a stage in the back and it looks like you're under the big top. It's what really, the, really what cool. What is the venue called? CIA. I know where I know. I, wrote it I think I know who owns it. 
Yeah. An actor actually, <laughs> yeah. I think, runs it. He yeah. played a yeah. serial killer in, I think, was it Dahmer? He might have played Dahmer in an independent movie. I remember he he works the ticket booth. Remember he'd elect, uh, yeah, put yeah, electric yeah. shock on you and he'd stamp your hand? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a crazy place. It's, really it's cool. so fun. Yeah, you yeah. guys definitely have to go. Yeah. Here, I want to pass you over this uh, book yeah. and I want you to help me out with this experiment. Before you open the book, uh, I want you to imagine that there are 300 pages in that book, which Roughly there are. And then I want you to imagine the numbers 1 to 300 and sort of roll back and forth, roll back and forth, and then land on one number in your mind. Whatever number you just thought of, open the book to that page and, and hold it up so neither Steffi or I see. She's looking at, I don't know what, I'm not looking anywhere. <laughs> and, and when you have that book open, let me know it's open. Okay, it's open. And I want you to look at a word longer than the word, I don't know, Victoria, as a, a Queen Victoria painting on the wall. Okay. And then when you have that word, remember it and close the book. We're going to pass the book over, make sure it's completely closed. Now, thinking about that word, mm -hmm. I want you to look at me in the eyes and I want you to imagine the word in your mind right now. And I'm going to come over to you and I want you to draw the first letter of the word on the palm of my hand. Okay. <laughs> um, could you do that one more time? Do it one more time? Huh? Yeah. Trevor's drawing on the hand. You know, Concentrate to feel that. Oh, gee. Um, I think... That was an M. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. wow. Um, <laughs> do the next letter. O? Yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> um, the next, U? Yeah. Mountainside. Yes. What? Yes. What? <laughs> How, is wow. that? How is that even possible? <laughs> would, you, would you, can I have the mic for a second? Yeah, of course. That's as far as it goes there. You can... So yeah. can I ask you to write down the name of any film ever? Any film? Any movie in movie history? Any okay. film ever? Now, I'm over here. I'm turned away. My eyes are now closed. <laughs> that is correct. It's true. I can't see. <laughs> right, guys? Right, right. And I'm going yeah. to say something right now. There are no electronics in any way being used other than the, the microphones. microphones. No, right. Okay, a film. You are thinking of a film. Yes. Um, I don't want you to say anything. Just send it into her mind. Okay? Oh, just... Um, Don't say it. Mm -hmm. Rhoda? <gasps> you're oh. thinking of you're thinking of the bad sea. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you serious? Oh my <laughs> what the hell? I like that How? squeal. Oh my God. Like I got That's chills crazy. when you said Rhoda. I was like, oh my gosh, it's true. You totally That's jumped. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, yeah. We actually wow. get in trouble wow. doing this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't even get him started. Oh, my God. Okay. What trouble? What trouble you want to get Canada into Day. Canada Day. <laughs> oh, Canada Day. That's a day ripe for trouble. <laughs> 2016. Oh, man. Well, it was really fun. We were we were up north, and we were performing for this little town. and they Rush had... was playing on a stereo. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tape deck. It was a tape deck. What are, what are we talking about here? Steffi um, was wearing denim. <laughs> Both jacket and jean pants. It was snowing and it was the middle of July. <laughs> um, so we were performing for this lovely little town and, and the whole town was there, including the police. 
We had the police called on us that night, not once, but twice. Um, people thought we were going to take their credit card numbers and that we were, for real, yeah, for real. We legitimately what? freaked out. Yes, yeah. someone actually had, you know, we asked people to, to hand us things because, you know, it's one thing for us to, to pick things out and to go, what's this? Oh, it's a water bottle. Like, we could have planned that, right? But we asked people to hand us things. So someone actually handed us their social insurance number card. Oh, oh my God. Right? And so we, we know better than to just start reading that sort of thing off. And uh, we were telling them what was on their cards. But in that instance, we actually just recited like, okay, point to, num- point to two numbers on this card and sure. she'll do it. So we did it safely. It's not like we were being... Anyways, had the police called on us, people thought we were using their credit card information, their SIN card numbers, and that we were actually going to go online and buy some stuff. For real. Now, my phone died and we had a break and we went back to the car and we, we plugged in the car and we had the engine on and we're sitting there and it's, you know, we're maybe about 50 feet away, not even 25 feet away from the entrance to this football field. And all you hear is... We look and it's a cop officer. And like, I love, I, you know, police are great. Yeah. Like, they're there to serve and protect. But, you know, and he's just doing his job and he goes, you know, we've had another complaint and we're like, okay like I'm sorry we're hired to be here and they're like can you just not do that effect and we're like and he goes goes, what are you doing in your car what are you doing with your phone charging it (laughs) and then we were never asked back back. we had a lot of people going just crazy for us and we were not asked back but they brought back the the juggler that (laughs) that sucked you know because you were that good that good Shitty clown. <laughs> Ironically, who was the real identity thief? Yes. Right? Yes. So, do you have a wallet on you by any chance? Uh, you have a wallet on you? I have a wallet. May I borrow it for a second? <laughs> Hand it over, partner. There goes your money. <laughs> so, Steph, if you don't mind just completely turning away. Uh, with the microphone. Oh, yeah, good point. And, and you're okay <laughs> that I open the wallet? Yeah, there you go. There you have go. no option. Right I am here. turned away. There's nothing even in your wallet, bro. No <laughs> <laughs> <Don't> worry. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found and that wallet on my sidewalk. Are... <laughs> Way over. Okay. Stay quiet. Okay. Miss Kay, yeah? I need you to think what this is for. You know? Perhaps. Yes. Okay, I think I know what this is for. Um, it's a ticket. Yes. And it's it's from the university. Oh, close. Universal Studios. That's exactly. I saw Universe and I'm like, all right, this is what it's for. Wow. Oh my exactly god. Exactly what it is. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go right into your wallet here, bro. I'm just reaching in and randomly grabbing anything. I don't even know what this is. Perfect. <laughs> Try this now. Um, this one looks more serious. Does that make sense? Like that's, it's not a paper card. It's a. It's a card card. That's correct. Wait, you know, I need you to think of what this is. I think it's your Senna insurance card. Yeah, that's exactly what <laughs> <laughs> wow. I We don't it's have like, those in Canada. No, we don't have those in Canada. <laughs> we have free health care. <laughs> 
I don't mean to. I'm not trying to be. It's just because. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, we have we have free healthcare. We don't have these. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's no. It's it's helpful for us because you know we're, we want to be here and we want to know we want to make sure that things are. You know, it's, it's, sometimes this it's is the a first good way time to for learn. Seeing these things, it actually yeah, yeah. is. It is. Right through really, really <laughs> Here's a really weird thing in here. I don't know what it is. It's like a balloon and it's wrapped in tin foil. <laughs> No oh wait, wait, wait! I said something about this. I, oh, I do. I predict it won't be used for a very long. Uh, oh, sorry, pal. There's your wallet back. Thank you. So as you can see, we get in trouble with people's wallets. That's probably why we had the cops called on us. We're going, we're going on jerk. eBay afterwards, and if it's a hat, she bought it. If it's a toy, oh, I bought it. Uh, now you're stereotyping. Hey, I wanted to run, uh, run something by you guys. Our kids, we got four of them, and they're constantly on their iPads. They're looking up YouTube videos, and what are they stumbling across right now? Magic videos. Of course. But it's not just watching people doing tricks. It's people explaining Mm. the secrets behind tricks, pulling the veil back. Mm -hmm. What... As far as, you know, practitioners of the art, what are your feelings about that? Oh, we don't care. You don't care? No, because what we do is completely our own, and there's no one out there that can say, oh, this is how you're doing it. It's like, no, that's actually not, but uh, good try. Right. Uh, So we're really, truly not concerned about it. I do understand the concern that other magicians might have with it, Mm -hmm. that, you know, oh, well, this is my livelihood, like... I, I I feel for them because, you know, I'm very fortunate to be able to do what I do with Mysterion and that, you know, we're not concerned about someone spoiling our facts because, you know, only, let's be real, two people have figured it out. Uh, yeah. One was a six-year-old and the other was uh, someone who works undercover and we can't really say much more than that. Wow. Yeah. So, yes, uh, apart from that, those are the only two people that have figured it wow. out. Wow. Now, uh, one, one thing um, in regards to the, um, you know, whistleblowing on the effects is that if you do a good job at an event and you wow your client even if they want to know how you did the effect they're going to ask you the question how did you do it and uh, Steffi said this and and I thought about this after and, and it's true the statement how did you do it they're not they're not actually asking a question they're just making the statement how did you do that because they have nothing else right. to say back to it right. <laughs> they want they don't want to know how you did it they want you to know you did it well so the fact of that being that they're not going to go home and look up how you did it in my career i have never had a client call me up and say you know you blew my mind when you bent the spoon and i went home and i went on ebay and i looked up how it was done on ebay i'm so sorry youtube and i went online and i and i bought the trick on ebay is what i meant to say and i learned it because they're not they're not going to do it and another thing i've noticed is if somebody says to me teach me how to do your tricks and teach me magic okay i'll teach you one real simple trick okay and the next time i see you you do that trick for me and if you do the trick for me well i'll teach you a second one never do they do <laughs> i mean i since never we, man we started because we were members of the magic castle for a number of years now eventually after seeing certain acts over and over again there's certain tricks that i honestly was like i really want to know how they did it i would love to do that for my kids maybe and i've looked up sure. or bought a magic kit when i find out how some of these tricks are done it still blows my mind because it's 
so complicated mm-hmm. and also to be able to stand up on stage and convincingly pull it off with the risk of being like discovered right you got to do it well I, I just put the magic kit back in the box and shoved it under my dresser <laughs> sure. i gave up right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i really respect it right it yeah. is it, it truly is an art and it, in order to pull it off you have to be an artist and, and that's the other thing too like a lot of people where they too find out they're even more impressed and a lot right. of magicians that know how we do what we do. Uh, like I said, only two people have figured it out. And I say that in terms of people who are not magicians figuring it out. But when magicians know, they're even more impressed because they still can't pick up on how we're doing it. And and we like to pride ourselves on that. You know, these things you surround yourself with, they're so they're so wonderful and they, they, they emulate what it, what it is, the, the, the things you love and what inspires you. Right. And so we pride ourselves on our ability to create a cinematic experience. And it is, you know, you, you know, when you're seeing things that it's makeup or it's a costume and, you know, but when we're doing this, it's happening right now. It's really happening in front of you. You can touch it. You can feel it. You can put me in another room and we can still do it. I can be on the other side of the world. I can be in Paris and he can be in New York City. You were in Ohio one night and I ended up in New York on a whim and I ended up getting booked at a, at a variety uh, theater. And I literally phoned her up and said, I'm about to go up. She said, fine. And so I, I had I her excitedly said my, fine. I, I didn't go fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fine. I can't even, can't even take a damn vacation. You taskmaster. No, I love you. I love um, And she said fine. And I, and, I, and, 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 and I took the phone and elasticed the phone to the microphone yeah. and had her on And you put phone. a dress on the microphone. I put a little <laughs> wig. Oh my God. That would be amazing. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> What's wrong with Mysterion? He's lost his mind. Steffi's been dead for eight years. That's an iPhone 4. I'm astral. I'm astral, baby. And she did the effects from That's Ohio. Amazing. I mean, That's she was crazy. reading people's serial numbers off their bills, and wow. she wasn't even in the room. And you can see everyone in the audience are looking up into the room, you know, into Where the room beside the stage. Okay, she's somewhere in the goddamn theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's actually in Ohio. That's insane. But, but it's that it creates a cinematic experience and that it is like the closest thing to being a part of a movie that's in terms of in terms of magic I mean because yeah. you know when you're seeing an illusion show like it looks great it looks amazing and you can suspend your disbelief but with what we do you will go home going was there more to it than magic right people right. think we're real uh, <laughs> yeah. that's the best I'm really curious because you guys know a lot of secrets and how it's done and you know and that's 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 awesome because like Trevor was saying execution is probably the most biggest part of it right but I'm really curious have you guys ever seen anything dark so dark that you like took a step back and said I don't even want to know or learn or because you know what I'm saying anything involved paranormal well I mean in this instance I, I think he's asking more along no. the lines of something in the in, in the area of the paranormal so when I was a kid I lived in a house in Toronto and the house was quote unquote haunted not only did myself but other family members saw the same presence a woman my grandmother was ill and my cousin visited from another country to see her as in her last days and she woke up in the middle of the night my cousin woke up in the middle of the night and saw a woman in the room 
mentioned it. Um, a lot of stuff happened in this house. Now, fast forward about 25, 30 years, I have a kid sister from my father's side um, with a different woman, um, has no connection to the, my mom's side of the family, would never have known I lived in that house. There was no reason to even mention something like that to her. And uh, we were driving by the house one day uh, as her friend lived on the same street. We were dropping her off at a little little friend's house back. She was about eight, eight or nine years old. And I just happened to say, oh, I lived in that house when I was your age, you know. And, and she said, oh, that's funny. That's my friend Tyler lives there. And I thought, oh, OK, kind of cool. So she went on her way and I didn't, you know, hear anything about it since. And I ended up at a bar mitzvah doing a bar mitzvah and this eight-year-old comes up to me and nine-year-old comes up to me and goes hey you're 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 Kaylee's uh brother yeah I'm Tyler oh how you doing buddy um yeah I, I think you used you used to live in the house I live in and I'm like yeah I, yeah where do you live oh yeah you live on that you know the street yeah yeah I lived there well how do you know that and she he goes well my sister told me uh or your sister told me I said oh yeah okay cool cool man see you later he goes hey let me ask you a question and I go what is it he goes it's the house haunted <laughs> and I look at him and I'm like, all right, man, you're a 35 year old man at a bar mitzvah with a 10 year old beside you <laughs> asking you if his house is haunted. Think about your answer, Mysterion. Right? And I just said, why? What would make you think something like that? And he, and he I swear to my life as a skeptic, I swear to God, this kid described the woman, the apparition, it walks down the hall, they see it in the basement, the brother sees it more than he does, and they're scared shitless too much that they've called in a, a priest and a rabbi, and, and it never went away. So I said, listen, I said, tell you what, I said, the, the kid, I said, the house is not haunted, okay? There's no ghosts, go home, you're safe, you're fine. I'm fucking sitting there, go, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I get all I get all interested. So so I I said to him, listen, you get your mom to call me, and uh, maybe I'll come by one day and we'll talk. And and then the mom called me on the Monday, and we were talking on the phone, and she said, if you want to come by, we'll let you into the house, and you know you can see what you can feel. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, I'll come by the house. Damn, no way am I going into that. <laughs> And I swear to God, and I've told you this, I have dreams about that house to this day that I'm in the basement and I'm renovating and I'm finding photographs of the woman who died in the house or the walls won't, the doors won't let me open them and I'm trapped in the basement, all crazy, crazy dreams. And I'm waking up and going, why does this house still haunt my, my psyche 30 years later? And to go back to what we were talking about in the beginning, just by circumstance of what I'm telling you now, I think, you know, the power of this idea that there's this ghost in this house that I was living in vulnerable eight, nine year old in the basement playing a damn Atari with this figure overlooking you, you know, that's pretty damn scary stuff oh, yeah. that even at 43 years old, I can say, hell no, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to put myself back into that position. But it's that Look at how simple it is. It was, in my opinion, I don't know what was there. Maybe it was just my imagination. But my imagination created something so strong that as an adult, I wouldn't walk into that house. And that is what Steffi and I do to play with your brain, whether it's for the purpose of frightening you around Halloween or the purpose of creating an impossible idea. Oh, fantastic. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, so you had a card in mind earlier on, didn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah? You want to tell me what card that was? For the first time. Remember, this is the first time you've announced this. And look what card's on the front. My, my card. Look at this. See what I mean? That's not even... Yeah, that's not even wow. That's not my card. Oh, that's not your card? <laughs> no. Really? What was your card? The card was a three of spades. Three of spades. Look what you're sitting on. I yeah. You? Me? Yeah, Am look what you're on? sitting on. Yeah, the three of spades. <laughs> is it there? Huh? No. No? That would have been a hell of a choice. <laughs> Did you know that the spade is the least chosen out of all the... Apart from the ace of spades, the spade is the least chosen suit. Oh. But you want to see something really cool? You see these cards? How there's a three of spades right there? Yeah. See, that's not the trick. That would suck, right? All I did was just go through and find it, right? But what color are these cards on the back, guys? If you could tell me oh, what color. Red. 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 What color is the back of the three of spades? Blue. <laughs> Blue card. Wow. You just got magicked. <laughs> Hashtag. Magic. <laughs> got milk, got magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Would you say there's a resurgence? I mean, being here in L.A., it sure feels like it. There's magic clubs popping up like Black Rabbit Rose. Magic Castle is is Hermosa going Club. big and strong. There's all these places that are popping up. And even in Toronto, we had that new store, Curiosa. That, that oh, yeah. I love them. Oh, my God. Steven. Yeah. I've only seen pictures oh, and video fabulous. tours. It's amazing. So shows cool. in there. Oh, cool, cool. So cool. Steven's they, a wonderful guy. Heather and Steven. You know how they have the, in Harry Potter, they have the... The cauldrons? That stir themselves. Yes, yes. Yes. They have those at the top and it's oh, so much fun. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's one trick I want to learn. They're how to, how to great. Play. They're such a great store. And when they opened, I thought, you know, and, and you know, Toronto, and I'm thinking, oh, please succeed. Yeah. And I walked in every time I walk into that store. I'm not kidding. The store is not that big. There is at least 20 people in there buying. Oh, sure. Constant. All day. They have amazing staff, amazing product, and I'm not endorsing them. I'm just telling you, they are so Super, super nice people and such uh, a, a sincere love of the obscure and the weird and, you know, the, the, the sharing of the magic of, of whether it be Harry Potter or something as simple as a puzzle book. Right. You know, get off your damn phone and let's do a maze. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. And people literally are lining up. I've seen YouTube yeah. videos of people, oh, we're going to go to check out Curio of the new new store the magic it's and Harry Potter fabulous. stuff people lined up wow. around the block That's to go awesome. into this store and the, and the couple great. have designed it the inside themselves too That's it looks right. like they sure yeah. did and wow. it's beautiful is there a resurgence is this part of a magic resurgence is this something you're noticing you know and if so why do you think now is is a time when this is all I think people want to get off their phones mm -hmm. and they want to see something for real they want to see something that's happening that is in front of their eyes that they can, you know, not instantly access how it was done. Or even if they have to instantly access how it was done, maybe that information isn't out there. We have lost the uh, mystery, whether you want to call it. Um, so if you want to get into this as a, as a philosophical debate, it could be the mystery of religion is a dying thing. Um, we have the answers that we've looked for as, as a species. Where have we come from? We pretty much know where we've come from, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and talk 
um, pro or against religion. But as a whole, the direction of humankind is going into another area, another world. So we want this still. We still look to the sky as our ancestors did and, and want to see something we just don't understand. And magic provides that. Um, you know, somebody coming into a room and, you know, watching a magician saw somebody in half, you know, that's magic. That's something interesting and it's different and you're not going to see that on television. A lot of the, you remember back in the day you'd have the magic specials and, mm-hmm. you know, right, you'd have yeah. the stock tricks, mm-hmm. yes. you know, they don't do that anymore, right? And so you get to see that and then you get to see some pretty damn amazing stuff. If you are fortunate enough to have entertainers in your city that are good at what they do, you're going to get some amazing, fresh magic that... It's not the same to watch and experience online. There's been so many times where Steffi and I have been in a corporate event where people have gone, you know, I've seen this on America's Got Talent. You know, I've seen either The Clairvoyance or I've watched Dynamo or I've watched whomever. And you know what? I thought they were fixed. I thought they were using someone that they had fixed. But you guys just did it for me. And holy shit. I, <laughs> you just opened up my eyes to the possibility that, that they didn't use a uh, setup either. I said, the hell, they didn't use a setup. None of they did not use a setup. But how can you prove that if you're watching it on a TV? The only way you could experience that is to experience it in person. Yeah, I concur. I mean, my heart's still racing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this piece of paper. And there's no well, wait, way. Wait until three o'clock when Ben arrives. <laughs> and your heart will stop. <laughs> you guys picked a great one in Leo to do that too, man. He's a- <laughs> See, you, you guys don't know. I'm a scientist. <laughs> Are you? I'm a, I'm a skeptic. Yes. I mean, you got to show me empirical proof. Are Do you fucking love science? <laughs> yes. 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 But, but here's the we thing. We have though. more on that. Here's the thing, though. I'm also a believer. Ah. So I'm not going to question your tactics. I'm not going to say, hey, oh, yeah, you rigged the room, whatever. It's like, no, no, no. I, whatever you guys did. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> There's no way I've ever brought this name up I'll, I'll ever to anybody in this room. A funny story. Um, About Ben. No, no. <laughs> Teams of scientists, some of the biggest names in science oh, who yeah. we've performed for with, with her family. And okay, so my, my dad is a, my dad's a scientist and he, what kind? Uh, well, he is one credit shy. Oh, he's going to, he's going to hear this. He's going to hate me. He's going to be like, I was proud of you once. <laughs> Very briefly. No, no, no. My dad, my dad's great. He's biology and chemistry. He's one credit shy of a university degree. That's how I justify dropping out of art school. And uh, anyways, he, uh, no, he's delightful. He has a lot of companies that are science-based and uh, science-related. And uh, one of them that he works very closely with and is uh, part owner of is I Fucking Love Science. Oh, very cool. And that's with Elise Andrew, and she's absolutely a delight. And uh, I love, you know, women women in science. It's just great. Yeah. You know, in journalism, and she's just fabulous. Anyways, so he's friends with a lot of scientists as well. We'll be doing parties, or we'll go up and see my father, who lives a couple hours north, and we'll go, you know, have a little boat cruise with my dad and his friends. And they'll be on the boat with us, or we'll be out doing a party for them. And they'll come up to him and they'll go, 
Bob, my, that's my father's name. And then, sorry, dad. Um, Bob, did you always know she could do this? And <laughs> did he, she always have this gift? Yes. And then they'll, they'll come up to me and they'll be like, wow, like how incredible. I've known Bob for years and he hasn't said a thing about this. And I go, you know, and he can do it too. And, oh, and, then, they, and then I say, my dad is very he's very reserved at least so I see anyways I don't know what he's like when I'm not there but he's quite reserved and so I can only imagine them going up to him going like pulling on his sleeve going Bob Bob tell me what I'm thinking right now Bob. and I tell them I tell them Bob will deny it just keep he's, at him yes he's very shy about it you he'll just, deny it yes but he can do it so watch what you're thinking around him and they go huh and he said to me I'm ashamed at how uh, many of my friends that I've known for years are convinced that there's more going on. And that just means we're doing a very good job because we'll tell them straight up that that's not what's, like, there's nothing. In fact, it's more science-based than anything else, what we're doing. They won't believe it. They'll say, I know you're kidding. (laughs) You're a trickster, aren't you? And I'm like, if you wish. So funny. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of my my friends. Well, back to to your point that people just want to believe yeah. they want to believe yeah. they want to look beyond yes. and see something that they just can't explain yeah. we sat with a linguist for an hour and he tested us because he thought maybe it was something to do with what we were he was saying very cunning oh wow yes uh, <laughs> he was <laughs> <laughs> no one else get that? Yeah. <laughs> no. Sometimes, some of them you just gotta let go. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. He says all the things that you're all thinking. It's okay. Endlessly punny. <laughs> yeah. um, and he sat with us and he tested us for about an hour more. And he came to the conclusion that we were lying and that there must be spiritual happenings going between us. Wow. wow. So that was quite that was He was convinced. Still is convinced. Look up uh, look up the term spooky actions at a distance. It's something Einstein came up with. Um, it's one of the last things before he passed away. I'm curious. Curious sir. Tell so you have more. two particles separated, right? Yes. You can separate them by ten trillion miles. So if one goes up, the other one's gotta go down. Mm-hmm. They're opposites, right? But separated that far away, they still know which one's which, which up and down, so they flip-flop according to how could that be if they're so far apart right information cannot tr- travel that far at the, you know faster than the speed of light so einstein didn't like that and he called it that's just spooky actions at a distance so you guys are <laughs> <laughs> i like that especially when i wear heels <laughs> and even more so when i do <laughs> i like that a lot we're gonna we're gonna yeah. steal that and incorporate it right in man I, love it. I, love I it. came up with that stuff. I started That's so cool. That and yes, but now hold on. Is this a proven scientific theory, or is it, it just is. a theory? It is, and it's proven because you have an iPhone. Because we have electronics, things that propagate, you know, radio signals and light, and computers that work on ones and zeros. So it's been proven. Right. <laughs> now I feel like you. <laughs> <laughs> You've been magic. Going to church on Sunday. <laughs> and I'm Jewish. Well, I, have, I was just wondering now, sure. knowing, you know, you have more shows coming up ahead. Like, how do you get inspired for your, like, I know you create all of your own shows, obviously, but like, how do you get inspired for new shows or new ways to entertain or new ways to create? Necessity. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Or do you get inspired? Necessity? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I find a lot of things inspiring. Um, I do our posters and our photos, and uh, I work our Instagram sometimes, as in I haven't posted on it in a while. <laughs> uh, I post a lot on my own, and Mysterio and I are focusing on ourselves in terms, in terms of posting only because it's... I, I find social media quite daunting. I like I like my Instagram, but I do find it quite daunting. Anyways, uh, things that inspire me. Um, I love the 30s. I love the music. I love uh, the actions. I love the mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs> I try to incorporate that a little bit into when I talk. Um, and even that's also uh, a thing in my on my mother's side of the family. I like being understood. And part of that is our look. Part of that is our act. The clearer we can be, the more concise we can be, the better. And Mysterion has a magic background. I have an absolute zero magic background. And so for me, what everything we're coming up with together, there's like a fresh angle of... And I wouldn't know if it's fresh or not because I don't, I don't know these things. But from what he tells me, it's a fresh angle of someone coming in and going like, this is what it should be. And I, I have a theater background. My first play that I was ever in was actually um, The Bad Seed. And so what? that's how I knew about Ronda. Again, so creepy. We're both not going to sleep. I mean, it makes perfect sense, though, right? You come from an unjaded background and you're bringing... Yes. In your fresh perspective and, and teaming up with someone with a rich perspective. And that is incredibly interesting to note. And further on answering your question, you know, I lost a lot of inspiration when I was doing my solo act for so long. Yeah. You hit a creative lull and you're kind of going... What more is there? You know it. And it's exactly that. And when Steffi came is along... Is there is? <laughs> <laughs> and she comes along and all of a sudden there's this whole world of new... Sunshine, lollipop, everything that's wonderful. <laughs> you know? Now, now truthfully, where I might have been doing something like that painting right. <laughs> we wouldn't do that but not to say that we would not Halloween or and then we can I can take my old material and change it and we can have her as part of it yeah. and then we can come up with new material and you know one of the things we did was at the Mystic Museum we walked in and it's the history of the Ouija board and I said hey we got to do a show here. Let's do a show and just pull one of the Ouija boards down. It works. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, yeah. and it worked. Instead of Steffi uh, saying the bad seed, she spells it out. But she's nowhere near the piece of paper and her eyes are blindfolded. So people are going, holy wow, shit. Wow, that's cool. You know, oh, yeah, and yeah. That, that show, actually, that was a, uh, absolutely delightful. I love working at the Ouija board museum. Yeah. Um, I had lost my voice that oh, day. Right. So I had no voice. So I was actually supposed to do talking we had a whole routine that oh, we planned wow. out and been practicing oh, yeah. for uh, well about a week and a half and it was great oh, we it was practice that long come on <laughs> so you Stop. show up you got no voice what do you no do voice. so we did the entire i just used the ouija board to communicate with the audience wow, wow. we had someone Perfect. standing there with a board <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and you know uh, let's say the word was Apple she'd bring it to the A I would go A and the person would write yeah. A like in the like in the changeling yeah. you know <laughs> Joseph <laughs> are you the child who was hit by the coal cart <laughs> no you know what I mean it's freaking awesome <laughs> do it uh, use up a lot of paper but it's a hell of a show <laughs> trees 
Trees are dying to get the entertainment, man. One third of the Amazon's gone. The sentimentalists are on tour. Are you the child who burned down the Amazon jungle for a shitty show? Watch that movie, folks, if you haven't seen The Changeling. That's a hell of a film. And that's a great movie, too, because there are visuals in that movie that scared the living shit out of me as a kid. The kid drowning in the bathtub. I didn't want to take a bath for months. <laughs> you know, and it's You still just... don't want to take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to take a bath. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's just the whole, you know, anything that you can plant a seed in somebody's mind and just let them allow their own imagination to take over. I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, still fascinated with, with what you guys do, but I'm really curious though. Your audience can be anywhere from, you know, baby boomers, Gen Xers, uh, millennials, et cetera, et cetera, right? So do you have to specify and cater to a certain audience, like nightly, diff, you know, or oh. do you just have a routine that can span any generation and it just works? Everything and anything. I mean, um, we like to keep it happy, healthy, wholesome. Before I was involved, and, and I, there's nothing wrong with this, Mysterion wore all black, and he was kind of mm-hmm. known as being a dark magician, right? Like, it's like, oh, like, he'll be the spooky one. He's very fun. Um... But the black suits, we got him to ditch the black suits, added some pastels into it. We match. It's great. And, and he's still spooky. He's still spooky. And it's oh, actually yeah. more spooky. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> right. <laughs> I agree. It's There's a like a calming, but that's what it sets you off, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you trusted. I trusted you, Mysterio. Right. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you're just fucking evil. <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, where can everybody. And the two of us. <laughs> What's really creepy? You're going to look at the end of your pen and it ain't going to be your friend Ben. It's going to be the eight year old Michael Jackson. That sucks so much. Just staring at you, singing Ben, petting a rat. So, where can everybody find you online, look you up, follow you guys? On Instagram at The Sentimentalists Magic. And it sounds like how it's spelled sentimental and then ists. And uh, on Facebook, The Sentimentalists. And on our website, thesentimentalistsmagic.com. Guys, thank you so much for this. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Amazing. Very, Amazing. very welcome yeah. indeed. Was it magic or murder they planned? At that seance on a wet afternoon. This was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number seven. Big thanks to our special guests, the sentimentalists, and our featured composer from the soundtrack to his new film, Dead Shack, Peter Rick and Humans. Stream Dead Shack now on Shutter. Download the album and follow all things humans at dashumans.com and facebook.com slash Dead Shack. Please stop by iTunes, rate and write us a review if you like what you're hearing. It helps the show get found and keeps it growing. Casey Oliver, Alexander David, Jasper Justin King, Marina Alex, D. Michael Reardon, Kevin Scott, thanks for keeping the conversation going on the Facebook, and thank you for listening. That's it for this time. See you on the other side. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shen, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shen. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation.